0: Understand it better by a Father, we thank you, God, that we are in your house. We're able to come in to worship you. Father, I pray you bless this offering we're about to receive. Bless the gift and the giver. Bless those that have to give and those that may not have to give. There's someone here, Lord, today who cannot give for whatever reason. I pray at some point in time you bless them so that one day they will be able to give back to show how much they love you. Father, I pray, God, every song that is sung, note that is played, scripture that is read. Prayer offered up, message given. We bring glory and honor to you and you would inhabit the praise of your people and you would come down in this place and you would meet us where we are today. Father, we pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit today. And the people of God together said so amen. Amen. Will you take this time to welcome one another in the Lord today?
1: Those that have scripture and prayer and this special song would uh, make their way to the front. Got a few announcements. Pastor's having <clears throat> a little bit of a frog in his throat, so he asked me if I'd make the announcements. There's going to be a church membership class October the 22nd at 10 a.m. The first Sunday of each month, beginning in November, will be Mission Sunday, and we'll be taking an offering up usually at the back of the church on the way out. Uh, not the regular offering, but just a special offering, and that's going to go to missions. And then Pastor Appreciation is coming up. Yay. Okay. (laughs) Sunday, November the 5th, uh, because of Family Fest and Thanksgiving dinner on the 19th, we're not going to have a dinner after the uh, AM service for Pastor Appreciation. Uh, The pastor would prefer that we didn't that day. And uh, because we're going to have food later, if you would like to bring cards for the pastor and his family to express your appreciation, there'll be a basket in the foyer for the pastor. And uh, we did the same thing uh, last year. So just uh, bring your card, tell him thank you. And uh, we love him. Uh, Pray for him this morning. Also, uh, Brother Marion, come on. But there'll be other prayers uh, requests if we come on. And lots of people need sickness. A lot of people are feeling better today. So praise the Lord. praise the Lord
2: you love him I believe you do you wouldn't be here today Uh, Isaiah 55 I I love I love this prophet he speaks a lot about the Messiah look at that 55 verse 6 and 7 Isaiah says seek ye the Lord while he may be found call ye upon him while he is near Lord is near as near, near as you want him to be verse 7 he says let the wicked forsake his way and the uprighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon I'm thankful that we serve a Lord that abundantly pardons I'm thankful that he'll pardon me one day and I'm thankful Lord even hey whenever I'm up and down hey we serve a God that's willing to pardon, willing to help us to make our paths straight, and I thank Him for that. I like to go to the Lord in prayer. Um, y'all, beautiful congregation. Um, from where I'm standing, y'all, 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 fine, fine looking fine looking bunch, and I thank the Lord for you. I like to go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to touch us, and um, mostly I ask that the Lord have His way. Um, I love him. I love his touch. That's what I come to church for, to be among my brothers and sisters, that I might enjoy the liberty and the spirit to worship my God. And that's what we're here for. So I ask that we all pray, invite him, and most of all, let's invite his presence, that he might have his way among his people. Again, Lord, we're thankful, and we praise you. Lord, we worship you because you're the most high God. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you anoint and touch and just be and have every part, Lord, in this service. Father, I pray, Lord, that this service will be pleasing unto you. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, that when we leave this place, Lord, that, Lord, we be equipped, Lord, that we might go out into the fields, Lord, that we know that are ripe unto harvest. Lord, that we might do your work and do your will. Father, we want to see many, Lord, one into the kingdom of God. But, Lord, you gave your Son, Lord, that we might have life and more abundantly. And, Father, we praise you for that today. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would touch this service. Lord, touch every part of it, the singing, the preaching of your word. Lord, have your way, Lord, and we be careful to praise you and thank you. Lord, I love you and I thank you, and I do praise your name. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. Praise the Lord. Amen.
3: Good to be home this morning. Feel like I've been gone six months. But every day, I don't know about you, but I'm bound for that city. Praise the Lord. Thank you,
4: Jesus.
3: be gay.
0: Thank you.
5: we know that sometimes things in our lives seem impossible. They seem insurmountable. They seem unattainable. But God, your word said that not one dot or tittle of your word would pass away.
0: Your word also says that if you say it, you are a God of your word. So Lord, our prayer today is just that. You've said it. Lord, we believe it.
5: Because your word says that if we lock our faith Lord, with your supernatural power, the windows of heaven open up and blessings pour out and miracles and signs and wonders, God, are seen through all out the body of Christ. God, in our own local congregation and this house, Lord, there are many women standing in this house today, God, that are miracles walking. They are miracles talking. There are miracles living. There are miracles playing instruments. There are miracles singing the songs of zion god we are a house that is full of miracles that we know you've done and if you've done it for us there are some in this house that they need a miracle and you're the same god of yesterday today and forevermore and so we're all the miracles that are here there are so many more miracles in the house that's still to be done because you said it and we believe it so it is done and fathers we get ready to break the bread of life today I pray that you would help us to hear your word, not anybody else's words, but your word. Because when it is spoken, it challenges, it chastises, it changes, it convicts, and makes a difference in the heart and lives of everyone in the house.
0: Father, I pray today that you would do this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We ask these things together, and the people of God said amen. Amen. while you remain standing, if you'll grab your Bible and go to the book of 1 Peter
5: chapter 3 we will try to go as long as the voice holds out back this morning I came to rehearsal everything was going great we went to rehearsal everything was fine I went to my office to grab my Sunday school material and I couldn't talk and um, I got back to Sunday school they can attest to it I came back in the room and I couldn't I couldn't not my voice was just not present but somewhere, they prayed in Sunday school, and somewhere between there and about the third verse of, I was glad when they said unto me, somehow I can talk again. And so I don't know what it was. Yeah, give God praise. I don't know exactly what it was, but what it was has to bow down at the feet of Jesus. So whatever it was, thank you for playing, but we're going to keep believing God for greater things. So. Uh, we're going to hold out as long as it does. It may cut out in three three or four minutes from now. I, Brother Randy said, well, Pastor, if it happens, I've got a scripture. It won't be long. I'll, I'll have to you know, read a scripture, make up comments, and get out. And I said, if they get out of church before the Baptist folks do, you're going to be installed as pastor because they're going to think that's the greatest miracle they've ever experienced in this church. And uh, so we're going to be- believe the Lord's going to help us today. And uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, we've been on a series uh, entitled Inheritance. Uh, and uh, it has been our, our theme, and we're going to continue with that theme, if you will, today. So let's look at what the Word of the Lord says in 1 Peter chapter chapter three or chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But here's the key, to an inheritance that's incorruptible it's undefiled and it does not ever pass or fade away it is settled or some translations will say reserved it is settled in heaven nobody can take it from you except you the devil can tell you all he wants to but the old adage is this joy that i have the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away can i tell you the devil didn't die for you, Jesus did, so he can't take what God has for you unless you give it to him. He can't take it, because his life wasn't the price tag for the inheritance. Reserved in heaven for you, For who, who are, who's the you? It is those who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, because there is no other way. We said it today, there is no other way but Jesus Christ. He is the doorway to heaven. You are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time or in the last days. If you don't know Jesus, you don't get the inheritance. You have to be in the family to be a part of the will of the family. You don't get to just claim, lay claim to it if you're not part of the family. But if you're part of the family, you're going to get a part of the inheritance too. You're going to get a fair share, a cut of the pie, if you will, of the glories of heaven. Today I want to preach to you on simply that, a heavenly inheritance. You can get all the houses, cars, land, money that you want to on this side of heaven. But ain't none of them compared to the value of what you're going to get over there. you about to get something. When, when Gabriel blows that trumpet and the dead in Christ shall rise and we which are alive and remain be called up together in the clouds of glory, you ain't seen nothing yet, honey. There's something over there that's going to make everything down here look like it ain't nothing over there. We're going to talk about that today. I'm going to ask Brother Mike King just for the sake of my voice if he'll pray over the reading of God's word. And then we'll jump into this. Brother Mike. And You may be seated, you listen fast, I'll preach fast, and hopefully we'll all be able to get out of here together. I wonder if anybody in this house has ever had a favorite pair of clothing or socks or shoes that you like, but they begin to wear out, and you were kind of disappointed about it. They were your favorite. In fact, I got some socks in my drawer right now that got holes in them bigger than moles can create in your yard but I can't part with them because they're my favorite pair of socks I've duct taped them together I've gelled stuff I super glued them just so that my I got one that my toe comes all the way out it's like sandals I have toes that come out the end but I have just a, like a fur coat on top because they're so comfortable I don't want to get rid of them some of y'all don't judge me y'all are wearing some of y'all are wearing them this morning don't play with me today I know I know I've said, I, people have. I I've had one teenager one time and I was serving in another church. She came in a church. She had holes all over her jeans. And I said, hey, honey, I said, how much did you pay for those jeans? She said, man, I paid $70 at American Eagle for these jeans. I said, honey, for five bucks, I could have took my scissors out of my desk and gave you a whole new pair. You spent all that money for nothing. And that would have saved you $65 for gas.
4: <laughs>
5: she didn't drive her own car. Her daddy paid for it, so it didn't matter. I wonder if anybody has ever owned something that you wish lasts forever. You wish that that time would stop. You know, for some of y'all, it's called age. You want that to stop. You want that timing to stop. You know, the, 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 the crack cream ain't working no more. You know, the water pills are just becoming too far and, you know, too quickly. You're taking more pills in every day than pill bottles you have in the house. You've got a whole slew of them, reminders and dividers. You wish time sometimes would stand still. For many of us, there are things, memories, vacations, moments that we wish would last forever. I'm telling you, I've been on some vacations, I dread the Friday of vacation because I have to look at Brianne and go, we have to go home, don't we? It's over. I have to go back to work, don't I? And she said, yeah, me too. Let's don't go back. And I said, sounds good. Then we realized we have a mortgage payment. That's not fair. So the the bank doesn't care if we want to come back or not. They want us to make a payment on that house. But there are things you wish would last forever. And there's some truth in this statement that the things of this life are futile and they are fleeting. But there is also the promise and a hope that we can have something that lasts forever that doesn't ever go away. There is a promise that there is an inheritance in heaven that never changes form for the sake of eternity. In 1 Peter, the apostle Peter is exhorting the believers to stand true no matter the suffering they're facing. In verse 1, he tells them that they are strangers and sojourners scattered abroad or pilgrims living in a foreign land. By verse 2, he said God chose you and sanctified you to be holy by the Spirit of God. He promised the grace and peace of God was not just simply added to their lives, but multiplied into their lives. You can add, but there is something about you... In today's society, we teach addition and subtraction. But heavenly math is not adding and subtracting. It's multiplication. It goes where I can give God 10% and God blesses 90%. That's multiplication. It is where the plowman can overtake the reaper when I'm dropping the seed in the ground before I can even turn around. The harvesters are picking up what I just dropped because God expedited time. He didn't add. He multiplied it. He pressed it down, shaken together. My vats run over because he multiplied it by His power. God showed us His favor. God showed us His wonderful peace. By verse 3 that I read in our reading, He tells us there is a privilege of being born again and called to this eternal living hope. But verse 4 is where I want to focus the majority of our time today on the centrality of the idea of there is an inheritance. God gives. So, when, so one of us somebody in this room if you have a will and testament the whole purpose of your will and testament is when you should pass from this life you your beneficiaries they, they know what's coming you know you can say to them hey you know you know I have this or I have that I have the other and it's, it's, it's for you to say okay Johnny gets the 12 gauge and Sally gets the dishes and you know so that you can share diversify the inheritance but God gives an inheritance that nobody else can lay claim to but you Your mansion's not going to be brother mike's mansion you get your own and brother mike's mansion's not going to have more square footage than yours because all the mansions are cookie cutters they're made exactly the same now i don't know what the interior decoration of those mansions look like but i don't think god's going to let some of y'all have four thousand square feet and the rest of y'all get a little shack on the side of heaven god don't work that way god's not going to let some of us walk on streets of gold and the rest of y'all get to see tin foil that's not how that's going to work we're all on the same page but see, the reality of it, what you can do is you can earn or subtract or divide, if you will, how many crowns you lay at the feet of Jesus. Because there's more than one crown. There's the crown of righteousness. There's the crown of life. There's the crown of martyrdom. There's a, there are multiple crowns mentioned throughout the Bible. And so you may only have one crown to present at Jesus, or some may not be able to do it at all. But the Bible says if you do have one, everyone's going to lay their crowns at the feet of Jesus because we're all level at the feet of Jesus, and there's no one better than anyone else. So, what is this inheritance? What is so special about this heavenly inheritance? The first thing I want to talk to you about is you can't put a price tag on it. You can't buy it, but it's already been paid for. You don't have enough money to possess it, but somebody did have enough money, had enough resourcing, had enough collateral. And their collateral was their own life. And when God said that I need to reconcile my creation back to me, I need to get us back into that garden mentality where we can walk together in the cool of the day, where I can talk to them as one talks to a friend, where I can live with them and commune with them, He said, Where am I going to do? Well, who's going to be able to do that? They can't afford it. They've got to bring turtle doves. They've got to bring goats. They have to bring lambs and rams. Who can do it? But sitting on His very right hand, there was one that lifted up His hand and said, Well, you told me that I'm the lamb of of God I'm the perfect spotless lamb why don't you send me down there as the son of the living God let me have oh uh, if you will let this corruptible put in, an incorruptible let me transform the things of heaven to the things of earth let me go down there and I'll walk among them and I'll talk among them I'll live among them I'll touch them tangibly I'll open their eyes physically I'll unstop their ears physically I'll sit down and have dinner with them physically they would be able to hear my words but when it comes time I will lay down my life dad so that way well 2,000 plus years later on October the 8th 2023 on a, a small church on the backside of Berkeley County there's people can sit into an auditorium and they'll hear me talk again they'll be able to eat dinner with me again because my word will be the bread of life and I'll sup with them I'll come in and eat with them I'll come in and spend with them and when they leave out of that building on Monday I'll get in the car and ride with them to the county office I'll ride with them to the job site I'll ride on the school bus with them on the way to school and I will go among them and live among them again and God said you know what sounds like a perfect plan to me and so he wrapped the precious gift of God the greatest gift we've ever been given wrapped it in swaddling clothes put it in Bethlehem Bethlehem, Ephrathah and he drew up for 33 years and walked among us and he healed our blinded eyes physically and he helped the but can I tell you today he may not physically be in this house but he spiritually opens blinded eyes he helps people struggling on their spiritual journey to walk straight again he calls that which was dead back to life again he restores marriages on life support back to full health he still is among us today and then God said that's it that's the price blood sacrifice that's the price he paid it See when Jesus was sitting, uh, was h- Hanging on the cross He wasn't saying it is finished As if he needed to let God know Because God didn't know what was happening no, I don't believe that God already knew what was happening It was his plan God the Father already knew how the plan worked The Bible said he had turned his face And the, the skies became dark Because he couldn't look at the agony of his son But God already knew this had to be Because Jesus asked him in the garden Is there another way And God never answered the question I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of us have prayed prayers, but we feel like God never answered what we asked? Just because God doesn't answer doesn't mean God doesn't know what's happening. He prays it in the garden and He says, but nevertheless, but He never got the nevertheless. He never got the answer. He just had to keep walking the road. But when the Bible said Jesus had, when God the Father turned His head and He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Where are you in this moment in His flesh, and His humanity? I don't think it is finished was for God. I think it was for the devil standing at the foot of the cross. You tried this in the garden. You tried to take the creation from us. You tried to contaminate what which we had created. My father said in the promise he gave all the way back in that garden, you will bruise his heel, but he's going to stomp the living daylights and crush your head. He's going to beat the brains out of you when he gets up here. Because I can have a bone spur that bruises my heel. But if I stomp you in the head long enough, you're going to die. We've seen it all over in violence. All over, You stomp somebody in the head long enough, they'll die. The enemy can strike your heel and bruise you for a season, but only God can condemn you for life or death. The devil can make you think he can take you, but the Bible says when the devil went to God and said, hey, you know, you got your hand kind of on Job. God, Jesus, or the Lord, said to the devil, you can take his house, you can take his life, you can take his cars, you can take his children, you can take, but there's only one thing you can't take. You can't take his life. Why? Because God's the one that gets the final vote on that. God ain't going to let the devil kill you. And the old song says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Hello. And the reality of it is, Jesus on that cross, he didn't have to tell God it is finished. God knew what was happening. He was letting the devil know you tried it, but I'm telling you now it's over. I'm coming down there now because the Bible tells us according to the Apostle Paul in the writings of Corinthians that he descended into the heart of the earth and I believe he walked up there and he knocked on the door and one of them little imps that one of those third 33 percent of heaven heaven's angelic angels that fell with Satan that fell like lightning opened up the front door of hell and Jesus said surprise remember me I went don't you remember we used to live together I need to talk to your boss I don't want to talk to the cashier I don't want to talk to the store manager I want to talk to the CEO I want to talk talk to the big guy that wearing the suit in the executive office upstairs I ain't got time to play with your little petty game I want to talk to the big man and they walked out there and about that time the devil comes out in his little strutting self feeling real good and glorified till he recognized the eyes that says his eyes are like fire and the train of his robe fills temples and the smoke of the incense of praise is around him and I believe with all my heart Jesus looked at him and said hello Lucifer remember me long time no chat but sit down we got a conversation we need to have today you took the keys to death you took the keys to hell and you took it to the grave but I don't know if you've been paying attention but I just said a few minutes ago I'm tired of this foolishness and it is finished so I'm going to take that key of death I'll make the decisions from now on I'll take the keys to hell because oh no man's going to die for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life I'll make the final call on the heavenly inheritance and as far as death hell and the grave if he who's died in Christ the Bible said that if we die we are raised to new life in Jesus Christ all things pass away and behold all things become new I believe it is finished was not for God but it was to tell the devil enough is enough and from this point forward I'll take it from here that's the kind of god you serve it wasn't cheap your inheritance wasn't cheap it was costly but it didn't cost you anything it cost somebody but not you you see many people feel like they can go through this life doing whatever they want and they can somehow obtain the blessings of god by simply just earning it The Apostle Paul debunked that theory when he said we are not saved except through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast, because you can't purchase it by the way you live. You can only purchase it by going through I am the way, the truth. And the life, Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father except through me. You can give all the money to the charitable organizations you want to. But if you're too arrogant and prideful to humble yourselves before God, He can exalt you in due time. If you're too arrogant to kneel down and say, Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, you're never going to get your heavenly inheritance. I don't care if you're a multimillionaire in this house or you're dirt poor. The only way you get to heaven is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And nothing else will get you there except Jesus Christ. You can't earn it can't achieve it it's a gift in fact other religions in this world will tell you that it is a work base their religions teach work based theology they'll tell you based on how you live the works you've done will determine the nature of your eternity and how blessed you are in eternity while you get saved there should be works that follow you as a life of a believer but works alone won't get you there was a man who appeared before the pearly gates. And he stood before Simon Peter. Simon Peter asked him a question. He said, have you ever done anything, a particular merit that, of any kind of substance, of any kind of work that I should let you into heaven based on what you've done? What have you done so good? Why should you stay here? The man says, well, there's one thing I can think of. There was this one time I came upon a gang of high testosterone bikers who were threatening a young woman outside of a gas station. I directed them to leave her alone, but they wouldn't listen to me, so I approached the largest, biggest, baddest of them all, and I punched the living daylights out of his face. I kicked his Harley-Davidson bike up over. I ripped out his nose ring. I threw it on the ground. I told him, now I ain't going to tell you this one more time. Simon Peter said, what happened next? He, or he said, when did all this happen? He said, just a few minutes ago. I don't know where he's at now. He was in heaven, obviously. That biker took care of the rest of it. But you see, our life is always about what we do. Well, God, have you not noticed how I? God, did you not notice how I gave? God, did you not notice how I did this? God, did you not notice that I was nice to the lady and took her buggy cart from Walmart to the parking lot? You do not notice. we People in this life think it's all about what they do. Done for people to see well that is good and when you get saved those are great things but that alone does not give you granted access to heaven because you can still be arrogant and prideful and, real, and think you don't need a savior and do those things it's when you've got to realize you are nothing without him that's when you get to the point of getting heaven you see Isaiah 43 and 4 in different translations, it's written, but I read it the other day in the New International Reader's Edition, and, and I, I don't think it loses. You know, I'm very funny about Bible translations. I don't think it loses its its, its meaning and translation out of this particular out of this particular um, edition. But I love the way he the the, the writers, if you will, uh, put it. They said, "God, you are priceless to me." Most translations will say "precious," but they use the word "priceless." You are priceless to me i love you and honor you so i this is god talking to israel i will trade others for you and i will give up other nations to save your life i love that picture now your translation may read but i love how god said to isaiah to prophesy to israel he loved us so much we were invaluable to him he wasn't going to let us just die and have no hope he Saw us as priceless so he was willing to pay whatever it cost to give us a chance to come be with him. He thought of us that. Think about that. God thought we were worth that much. And yet we can't give God hardly anything in return. We barely can get through a prayer in the afternoon or evening before bedtime without falling asleep. Our little quick now I lay me down to sleep. I hope the Lord I have something to eat. Make sure my family are fed. And help make sure that I've got shoes on my feet. And then we fall asleep. It's over. That was our prayer life for the day. We get up in the morning instead of opening the Bible, or in the afternoon instead of opening the Bible, we put it on our Bible app while we're cooking breakfast and while we're taking a shower and while we're getting dressed. And we hear it as ambient noise around us, but we're not actively in the moment. Yet God said you were worth so much money to him. He said you were worth it all. Think about it. You're priceless. I'll give up everything. Jesus, when he walked on this earth, equated it like this. What man, if he had a hundred sheep, he came back in from the fields that day and 99 of them he counted going into the sheepfold. He realized one of them didn't make it back. What shepherd would not lock the other ones in the confinements of safety of the pen, but that shepherd instead of staying there, what good shepherd, what would the good shepherd do? He said, that shepherd, if he's good, he'll leave those 99, that he knows he's safely got still. But he'll go back out there into the wilderness, into the mountains, into the valleys, and he'll look for that one lost lamb because he knows that one lost lamb out there in that big old world all alone is vulnerable to the prey of the enemy. The wolves, the coyotes, and others, they'll come out and they'll surround that little ewe lamb and he won't know what to do. They'll attack him and they'll tear him apart limb by limb. They'll stress him out and they'll ultimately kill him. The good shepherd knows that if the other 99 are safe, locked up in a pen and can't get out, but if the good shepherd can get out there and find him, the coyotes aren't going to come but so close because something's protecting the sheep. The the, the wolves are only going to get so close because they realize there's someone bigger on the scene than they are. See, the coyotes and the wolves don't mind when they think they're the top dog. It's a little bit different when there's a top dog bigger than them. And so if that shepherd can find that lost lamb and he will search, the Bible said, and he finds that sheep, what man would not put it on his shoulders and go into town? Not celebrate that he had 99 celebrate that he found the one that got away he'd come into town he'd say let's celebrate let's have a feast all you guys let's worship." the one sheep i lost him i didn't know where he was at i didn't know where he went but i was able to find him before the enemy found him and i put him on my shoulders let's celebrate that he is now We have 99 people come to church on a Sunday morning, but Jesus ain't looking for the 99 of us that are safe in this building. He's looking for the one of you that walked in here that don't know him. That's who he's still searching for today. Not that he doesn't love the 99 of us that's been saved all our lives, coming out of the womb. He's looking for the one that ain't been here the whole time. That's why the Bible said, how is it in heaven that heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to know Jesus, that all of heaven stops, everything in heaven stops, and the angels of heaven rejoice because one came back preached a couple weeks ago on the, the the idea the ideology of the prodigal son. The father had a son in the house that was safe, but the one he celebrated was the one that was lost. And came back home. That's how much money you're worth. Now I'll have to pick up part two next week here in a minute. I'm gonna finish this one today, this this particular thought today, and then we'll pick up part two. Jesus told a parable one time See, there was a man traveling. He stumbled across a field, a piece of land. He was walking through the land. He was just observing it. He was surveying it, if you will. He was walking to see if it was perkable. He was walking to see kind of if it had any goodness to it. Is it worth the price that they're asking for? And he's, he's walking this piece of property, Jesus said, and he's looking at it. And he begins to dig around in the dirt, Brother Larry, and he's looking around and he's just checking it out and he sees something a little shiny in the dirt pulls the dirt back, and he finds this circular, pure, ivory-white pearl. Just one. One pearl. But he notices that pearl is unique. It is expensive pearl. It is something you can't normally buy. It was, Jesus said that man hurried up, and he put that pearl back under all that dirt because nobody else had saw it on the land. He goes into the town, and he sells everything he owns. Went to the bank and he asked them he said who, who who's got the the deed to that land how much are they him? they gave the price and he said okay the bible said he went and he bought a field he gave up everything his house his cars his job he gave up everything put that down as collateral and he walked in brother James to that bank and he said, I want to buy that piece of land. They're like, nobody's been on that land's been laying dormant for years. It's gonna be ready being going to foreclosure. They're getting ready to have an auction. Nobody wants that piece of land. He said, I want that land. Okay, it's gonna cost you, you know, seven hundred thousand dollars. He said, Okay, no problem. And he hands them all he has. He's broke, right? He's lost it all. No
1: he didn't.
5: The Bible said he knew what was in the field that nobody else had found in the field. He found a pearl insurmountable great value jesus went on to talk about that but that's how it should be about us with god nothing else matters we're willing to sell off everything this world has to offer us we're willing to give up everything this life has to offer us just for the sake of knowing the pearl of great price that's jesus christ we're willing to give up the friends some degree the family, some degree maybe the job, our, our, our community. We're willing to give it all for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ and the fellowship of his sufferings. To know Jesus it's priceless. And Jesus equated to himself in that story as he's that pearl of great price. And that you can give up everything, but if you give up everything for him, you'll gain so much more with him than you would have gained on your own. Because that pearl in that field was worth more than that man had altogether. But he knew it was something special, so he gave all he had to make sure he got that pearl. Can I tell you, I don't care what your house looks like, Ms. Carol, as you come. I don't care what your house looks like. I don't care what your car you drive. I don't care how many clothes you got in the closet, how many shoes you got in the closet. At the end of the day, everything in this world is fleeting. I'm just going to be frank with you. Some of y'all got clothes in your closet that has price tags on them. You're never going to be that size again. Why are you holding on to them? I mean, that was pre-babies. That was junior high school. Let's be real. Some of y'all still got Hollister sweatshirts with price tags on them. And yeah, you're not getting back in there. You don't even know how to spell that word anymore. You don't even know what that story is anymore. Right? Shoes in the closet. You, only, you do know you only have two, two feet, right? you got 75 pairs of shoes you can only wear two at a time and you got 13 different versions of black black's black put on some black shoes You could be like what happens around my family Well, you just never know when you might need it but we've never needed it in the last 30 years but you just never know when you might because the adage is as soon as I sell it next week I'm going to need it Right now, it's the malls are eating it. The rust is destroying it. And the thieves, if they broke in the house, they don't even want it. So they won't even take it from you. But we gonna keep it. The reality of it is, everything that you own in this life is going to vanish. Some of y'all, back, you know, in the yesteryears, the not so distant years ago, you were the hot stuff. You looked good you're beautiful you had a glow about you over the time you've lived what we call life the glow is not as glowy as it used to be the hair is not as perfect as it used to be fact, for some of us in this room your hairs some of y'all's hair has turned gray the rest of y'all life's been so bad it just flat out said i don't even want to live on this head either and it moved out it just turned loose it just let go some of y'all have got pictures in annuals of black hair. Now you look like no hair, or it's gray hair, or white hair. And to think we've got teenagers in this world trying to dye their hair to look like yours in the 60s. Look at the trends of this world. I'm trying to color mine, and people are paying to get it look like mine. It's crazy. It's life changes. Some of you have had more than one job in your lifetime. Life changes. You've had kids that love Jesus, and now they don't love Jesus like they used to, because life changes. You had grandchildren that love God, but now don't go to church anymore, because life changes. There's people that has been sitting in this room that you, oh, in the last five to six years, you didn't love God, you didn't even go to church at all, but over the last four or five years you've come to the opposite way, you've come to know Jesus Christ, because life Jesus, though, says, I am the same yesterday, day, and forever. So all the way back in the gospel writings, if he described himself as the priceless pearl of great price then, can I tell you, he's still that valuable today. He hasn't changed in value. He has not depreciated in value. God's love doesn't depreciate in value. God's grace doesn't depreciate in value. God's mercy doesn't depreciate in value. You could have got saved 40 years ago, or you can get saved in the next three to four minutes of this service. But your salvation is just as good 40 years ago as it is for the person that does it today. Because once you give it to Jesus, you trade it for a price tag that is priceless. You can't buy heaven, but you can get heaven. You can't can't purchase heaven, but you can have a home owned. You don't even have to make the mortgage payment. That's heaven alone. You don't have to have a light company. You don't have to have Santee Cooper. You don't have to have Berkeley Electric. You don't have to have Dominion Energy. For the Bible says, for the Lamb of God will be the light, for we'll need no light in that city. He never burns out. You're not going to have price tags. You're not going to have to pay for gas. That's heaven. It cost me like $65. They just filled up my car and I thought, it's time to buy a bike be in good physical health this is expensive in heaven I don't have to have a car I don't have to have a moped you know why I can fly I don't even need Delta now it will be a little sad that I won't get my Biscoff cookies for free on my flight but the reality of it is I don't ever have to worry how am I gonna get from 144,000 square miles from here that I don't have to wait at the terminal gate and ask for the U.S. air agent to be like, how much longer before takeoff? I just go. Because gravity doesn't have a gravitational pull on me, so I get to just go. I get countless years, Brother James, to talk to my family, talk to my grandfather, talk to my grandmother, talk to my friends. I get all eternity. I don't have to be like, man, I got an appointment at three really enjoyed this lunch but I really got to go I don't have no I don't have a schedule I have nowhere to be I'm there for forever we can talk all day who cares I don't know where to be Brother Marion when I get there the people that when they pass from this life may not have remembered who I was here because of other things dementia Alzheimer's sickness coma states when I get to heaven they'll know me as I was known when I walk through the gates they're going to say Jonathan I'm gonna to get to say, oh man, it's been so long. They're gonna know me like I knew them. How I get to spend the eternity asking them, how was your stay in heaven before I got here? And they get to tell me all the things they've done. You can't, you can't. That's not a price tag. That's priceless. I'm gonna tell you right now. You could and I'm, I'm finishing up with this. You can tell me right now, and I'll tell you right now. If I were able, like my grandfather, my dad's father, and others, and my family they were able to come back from the other side and they were here, I don't care what was on my agenda, I don't care what was going on, I would clear the schedule to be able to have a five-minute conversation with him again. He's the only person that ever taught a six-month-old baby how to drink coffee in a carrier. I drank coffee better than senior adults when I was only six months old. My parents didn't know that, but I was a guzzler. I was a drinker. Two creams and a sugar. You'll do it to this day at the huddle house. Same way. i am tell you right now, if I got a note that says your grandfather is going to be able to meet you tomorrow at 10 o'clock, I don't care what was at 10 o'clock tomorrow. It won't be there tomorrow. Because that's a priceless moment. When I get to heaven, I don't have to clear schedules because I have no schedule. I can talk to you for five minutes, or I can talk to you for forever. For some of us, we probably will talk for forever. Brothers of you, it would be hard to get you to talk at all and forever. That's what I want you to see about this eternal heavenly inheritance. The problem with that is, while that is a beautiful picture, everybody doesn't get that story. Not everybody's going to get to talk to their loved ones like that in a resting state like that. Oh yeah, we know the scripture to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The Bible also teaches us that if you don't know Jesus and you die, you're also absent from His presence eternally. There's going to be people that are going to feel pain, suffering for eternity, eternal damnation with the weeping and gnashing of teeth. They're going to live miserably forever in hell. Not because they had to, hear me carefully it wasn't because they had to but they actually chose to because Jesus provided them a way not to but they chose not to take the alternative route so they chose that life there won't be much laughter and joy and reminiscing because it's going to be eternally damning for the rest of their life now I wish I could just stand up here and say I'm going to pray for all your families because you know, my family, we're all going to have this great reunion. But I've got people in my own family, if they died today, I can't tell you for sure. They'd be in heaven to see me again one day either. I've got cousins, aunts, uncles, extended family. If they died today, I could not guarantee, I don't know, but I can't guarantee I'd see them. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've lost some in my family that have already passed. I'm not still sure that they're there either. They're already gone. I may have already said my last goodbyes. There may be one in this house today, and this is how I'm going to end it. James said today, James, the book of James says this, life is like a mist or a vapor. It's here today, and it's gone. Next Sunday morning, as beautiful as all you look in here today, next Sunday morning, one of you may not be here next Sunday morning because God may call your number. So am I going to tell you goodbye today? Or am I going to tell you, see you later today? Now, you walk out that boy door, I may say, man, have a blessed week. Hope to see you next week. But what if I don't see you next week? Will I ever see you again? If you walk out of this church and you don't know Jesus and you die, you won't see me again. I promise you. you better say your last goodbye to me here because I'm not planning on going down. I plan on going up. I've had a lot of life on fence. I've, lived, well, I've got a lot of things that have happened in my life that's taken me down. I'm kind of tired of getting down. I just want to get up. We tell our kids all the time, right, when they fall, what do we tell them? I'll shake it off and get back up. The devil can do whatever he wants to, but I'll plan on going down. i plan on going up. But somebody in this room today, you may not be going up with me next time God calls. Some of you in this room, you're walking through a very difficult season. You're facing challenges like no other. I can offer prayer, sure. The church can offer prayer, Sure. There's an element of it that you and God better get on the same page because that's the person you need on your side more than you need me. You need him. You need him. So get ready to pray. I'm going to ask you just to bow your head. I'm going to ask this one time. I'm going to preach the second part of the heavenly inheritance and tell you more about this heaven next Sunday or the next time we meet. But I'm going to ask one question today. I'll ask a second one, but that'll just be for prayer before we dismiss. Is there one person in this room, maybe two, maybe three, maybe five, I don't know, but is there a person in this room? You heard me talk about this priceless heaven. But if you walk out of these doors today and God should call you home today, tomorrow, or before you see me again, and and you're not so sure you'd go to heaven, you're not so sure you'd walk through those pearly gates and have that conversation with your family, you say, Pastor, if I die tonight, I'm not 100% sure I'm going. I, 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 I kind of think I do, but I'm not really sure. If you're not sure, then you're not if You're not 100% sure then this is for you. You better be sure. So your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to ask this question to the, that person today. Is there anybody here today? Say, Pastor, I'm not sure I know where I'm going. And I want to make sure that when I leave this place, I'm certain that I'm going to heaven. Will you pray for no one looking around. If that's you, well, you just lift your hand up? I don't know where you are. Don't you leave this place. Yes, yes. There's two. Any others? You better not leave this place. Some of y'all, you're walking today. Yes, I see that other hand. Three. God bless you. You better not leave this place. There's some of you in this room right now. You died today. It's questionable. And you know it. There's some of you, and I, I believe this with all my heart. I don't think I'm taking any liberties. I really believe this with all my heart. Please. I don't know if there's the Spirit of God, if this doesn't apply to you, then so on. but I think there's some of you that know, your world's falling apart around you, and you know you've got some secret things in your life you don't want nobody to know about. I don't know if there's secret sins, I don't know if there's secret uh, addictions, or secret uh, struggles that you have, but you're holding on to some secret things, and it's, ru- it's about to ruin your life here. It's about to take your family, it's about to take your marriage, it's about to take your home. You're getting ready to be- get messed up, because the devil's about to take you out sitting in here today. You know that you and God ain't on the same page. I'm going to ask you one more time. I'm not going to belabor it, but my last call, you say, Pastor, that is me. I cannot afford to jeopardize eternity for the sake of anything else. If that's you, raise your hand. I see the other hand. Is there any others? You better raise it. You better raise it. The devil's coming. I see that hand. Oh, you better raise it. The devil ain't playing for fun. He's playing for keeps. Eternity is no joke, church. It ain't going to be one of those little think oh well, maybe next week that the devil ain't playing for next week he's playing forever better get it right before I ask my other question I'm gonna ask us this I want us to pray corporately together keep your head bowed and eyes closed we're gonna all pray the prayer of faith together so that we don't leave these four or five that have raised their hands alone I just want you everyone in this house to pray with me today here we go let's pray this together you just repeat it after me Heavenly Father I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. The only Savior I have is you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you were buried in the ground. I believe you were resurrected. I believe you're at the right hand of the Father, and I believe you're coming back again. Forgive me of all I've done. Come be a part of my life, and let you and I live together forever. I believe in who you are, I trust in your word, I decree and declare, I no longer belong to the devil, but Jesus is now Lord of my house. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. If you prayed that prayer, did you keep your head bowed? And I like, if you prayed that prayer, you don't have to leave this place questioned. You went to heaven if you died today, because you and God are on the same page. My last question before the benedictory prayer, and we'll uh, walk this all together. Is there someone in this house today say, Pastor, I'm going through a season right now of difficulty. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about just a season of difficulty. When you say to me today, Pastor, I really just need this church. I'm not, I'm not going to share your business. I just need, before we pray, before we go out of this place, I want to pray that God would intervene on a, on a situation. I don't need to know it. I'm not going to ask you to tell me. I just want to pray for you today. You don't have to even come up front. I'm just going to pray for you. I want to know if there's anybody here today that says, Pastor, I'm going through some stuff, and I need God to show up on my behalf. I need him to do something. I need that miracle. I need that way where there seems to be no way. Is anybody here? Just raise your hand. No one look around. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see it. I see it. I see it on my left, my right. I see it in the middle. I see it on the left. see it. God bless you. I see you in the back. God bless you. Here's what I want us to do. The Bible said that if there are any sick among you, if there's anyone that has a need among you, let them call on the elders. The elders of this church this morning prayed for my voice in the back back here. As the, if you will, elder of this church, the shepherd, chief under-shepherd of the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, of this flock here. I'm going to pray for you today that God shows himself to be real to you just like he has shown himself to be real to other people in this room. If you are, if you raised your hand, I want you to thank God for the answer. I don't want you to pray for it. You listen to what I'm asking you to do. If you raised your hand, don't you pray for the need. You thank God for the answer. And you let me pray that God supplies all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. You thank Him. God, you're going to heal me. God, you're going to restore it. God, you're going to make it right. You thank Him as it's already happened. And you let those, and the rest of us in this room... If God's ever been faithful to you, you pray, God, whoever raised their hand, you show up and you show them that you are the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, and that he who started a work is faithful to complete it till the very end. We're going to pray for them that God reveals it. Let's pray together, Eternal Father. There are hands that were all over this house today. And I believe, decree, and declare. By the power invested in me as a servant of the Most High God. You are Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And if you started it, God, you are faithful to complete it, God. You didn't bring them this far to drop them. You didn't bring them this far to leave them. You didn't bring them this far to abandon them. You have not forsaken them. You are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. If they need healing in the name of Jesus heal them if they need a marriage restored in the name of Jesus restore it if they've got a sickness of body right now heal it in the name of Jesus if they've got a financial crisis the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills dispense the resources to them today if they're struggling with an addiction a habit or a hang-up God release the urge release the struggle release the addiction release the temptation so they can walk in freedom and newness of life whatever their need may be your word says if two or three agree is touching any one thing you are on the scene God whatever the need may be today I pray that you be God and God alone and you show yourself so that God one of these days will walk in this church and we'll foot stomp the devil right in the ground he may have bruised our heel he may have struck our kids he may have tried to take our marriage He may have tried to take our job he may have tried to take our home he may have tried to take whatever but lord he may strike our heel but by the power of jesus christ we're going to shake loose and we're going to put our foot on the head of the devil and shout unto god with a triumph of shout for greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world because the victory already belongs to us through the power of jesus christ let us walk in newness of life. Let us see miracles again. Let us see the power of God again. Father, I know what's going to happen when people leave this house today. The devil's going to make them question everything they've done in here. But God, I need you to be the God that says, "I'm a friend that sticks closer than a brother to them today." The you get in that car with them and you ride home, and as soon as that little devil comes up saying, "Well, you know, you know tomorrow you're going to be doing that again." You let them have the power, the unction of the Holy Ghost of God, the power of God to rise up in them. I don't care if they say it internally or audibly, but they tell the devil, shut up. You are a liar, you're the father of all lies, get behind me Satan, for God before me, who can be against me? It's the Lord that fights my battles, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay, I'll stand still today and I'll see the salvation of the Lord for my need today. You give them the power to shake off those thoughts that the devil throws. Let the mind of Christ Jesus be in them, let them be transformed by renewing of their mind. God I know more than anything else the devil ain't playing for fun he's playing for keeps but neither are we we're not playing for fun we're playing for the keeps too because we want them to go to heaven I don't want the day to be goodbye I want the day to be I'll see you on the other side if we don't meet again I'll see you there this won't be the last time we say hello Father may you bless us and keep us may your face shine upon us may you be gracious to us may you lift up your countenance towards us Give us this peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. That you guard our hearts until you come again. And Father, as every week when I pray, that the, as I believe in all my, my heart is the heartbeat of this church and the proclamation and declaration that I want us to always pray, the pastoral blessing I want to give to these people every week. Father, I pray you let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. You are our Lord, and our strength, and our Redeemer. And I pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God that empowers this to be accurate and to happen. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand all over the house. We're going to have a benedictory prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Randy Erchberger to pray our closing prayer immediately following. We'll be dismissed as a couple things. Don't forget the announcements Brother Randy made earlier. forget to get your children we have service tonight at 6 p.m uh and we also have midweek bible study back in the back on wednesday night at 7 p.m in the fellowship hall area you're such a good looking crowd today you filled up the the room very nicely Uh, if you don't have a home church come back if you do have a home church don't tell your pastor you came here today because i might know him so don't let him know that you're here because i don't want to get in trouble all right but if you don't have a home church Everybody that's a part of this Sancti Circle family, we always tell everybody that comes, we want you to be a part of our family. Welcome home. You're always welcome to be here. Come back tonight. Come back next Sunday and whenever. We'd love to have you. So all, all of you that are a part of our family, can we just give a hand and welcome to all our first-time guests today? And it almost slipped my mind, and then I'm going to let Brother Randy pray, but we had our, our, our uh, uh, community-wide uh, yard sale and stuff yesterday and, and Friday, and we we collected stuff, and we weren't really know doing it per se to to, to make money for the point of the sake of just selling the sale because we're trying to pay off something we're just trying to have new things to advance the kingdom of God we started on Friday and and, and concluded yesterday around 1 p.m. I don't know if there's more monies that have been turned in yet but as of last night when we tabulated everything uh, we were able to raise $1,776 over the course of two days and um, and you hear this, Pastor, that was beautiful, and thank God for money. I like money because that means we can buy stuff, and it doesn't cost us at the bank. I like that. I don't like debt. I don't like loans. Uh, but I'm going to tell you what the greatest thing out of it, we met so many people. Yesterday, we had a family that came through this church. They were out here. They were shopping. They were buying. They bought more stuff than we had to offer. I mean, they, were, they, they finally said, i got to stop this or I'm going to be broke. i got to leave. And I said, no, no, we want you. Just come back. Look for more. They were giving away peaches. They were doing all kinds of stuff. They met Miss Patricia. They met Miss Brenda uh, uh, Burbage and others that were around there. And they were talking. And, and um, I got introduced to Miss Esther and her husband. They they came and I had to briefly just, hey, how are you? God bless you. It's so good to see you. She was asking about the church. Miss Brenda invited the church. So to Miss Esther and her husband, I am so glad you guys came to church today. You have made my day today being at church today. All the rest of you, you made my day too. Some of y'all, it's been a while since I've seen you. How about come next week? It's been a while. We'd love to see you too, all right? God bless you, Brother Randy.